Hello everyone, this is Dovi Shapiro, and today I will be interviewing Rabbi Aryeh Weinstein Shliach in Newtown, Pennsylvania, on the topic of what to give over at the first Bar Mitzvah meeting with the parents. I just want to say thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to share your experiences and help Shluchim have more atzlach in their shluchas. You are very welcome. I'm a big beneficiary of, your, of, of these uh, interviews, and I greatly appreciate it. Thank you, Ari. Um, I just also want to thank our sponsors. I would like to thank Svassman Jewelers, the Smetana Group, and Gift Cards Den. I would like to welcome aboard a new sponsor, Ohana Pay. Ohana Pay is a credit card processing company. Avramel Khazanov is a fellow shliach, and he will look out for your best interest to make sure you have the lowest possible rate in your credit card processing. Thank you for making the podcast available to all shluchim. So let's get right to it. It's, uh, we all know how important it is when it comes to a bar mitzvah, um, when you're meeting the parents, to give over the right information that later on there's no, um, mis- there's no misunderstanding, there's no complaints, and uh, setting, it, setting it up for success in the beginning. So what are some things you can recommend um, when it comes to that first meeting? What I have done is... Uh, I- I'm assuming that it's uh, that we've all learned from from uh, ex- our own experiences that we forgot to mention this side or the other thing, and later on they came up as issues because the parents were expecting one thing, and they found out that either we cannot provide that, or there's an issue with halacha, or whatever the issue is that we that uh, prevents us from being able to do that for them. So I sort of backtracked from the mistakes uh, that I was making, and I was realizing what needs to be said up front, and I learned that you have to be magdim refol amaka, and the more I say up front, the fewer issues I have. So as many details as I can include in our first meeting I do, and the the, the way we've done that is we put together a bar mitzvah package, um, which which uh, lays out all of the information regarding the bar mitzvah, and I go through that point by point with the parents so I know I'm not missing anything. And if there's anything in that packet that I know is irrelevant to their situation, then I'll skip over it. But that has saved me a tremendous amount of heartache. Will you be able to go through some of the, the key things that are important to bring up in the beginning? The first most important thing, which actually um, we hope to get out of the way before they come to meet for bar bas mitzvah, if that's possible, depending on how long we know the family, is uh, the issue of conversion. So we have that in uh, it's in the our Hebrew school form, and it's also in the bar mitzvah in the bar mitzvah form. Um, that's an extremely emotional issue, no matter how you work it, um, to tell someone who's converted. That uh, that we're you know that however we however we put it that we cannot do a bar mitzvah for them they find to be very offensive and so that's something that you want to get out of the way as early as possible hopefully even before you're meeting them for bar mitzvah um, the other things are for example um, we have on the actual form uh, so what we have is actually a form that where we'll write down their information and the date that they want for the bar mitzvah and uh, they'll sign it, and we'll sign it. And we also have some checkoffs on that form. And then we have 
uh, like a guide which has all of the detailed information. But on the first form, we already ask them to check off that they are going to buy tefillin if it's a bar mitzvah. Um, There is also an issue regarding invitations, um, and this is uh, obviously dependent on the Chabad House's policy, but when we have a lot of the services done here, and then they'll go and have a party somewhere else where, which is not kosher. Um, so um, when they're doing that, we don't want the, uh, the party on the same card as the service. So we're not in any way associated with the trefa celebration. Um, so that's something that needs to be laid out in the fr- uh, right up front. Um, those are two big things. I would say that have to lead up are right up front. I we go th- I go through all many other details as well, um, but those are things we don't want people coming back and saying, well, um, does he really have to buy tefillin? We have his uncle's tefillin or something like that, which happens all the time. We want them to know that he needs to have his own pair of tefillin. And the way I'm actually saying it now is the way it needs to be said, so it's very clear to them that it's not a negotiable um, subject. It, he needs to own his own tefillin. I think another important thing that comes to mind when I think of what, what to bring up in the first meeting is all the costs up front. Um, sometimes there's a cost to use the Chabad house. Sometimes there's a cost if there's bar mitzvah lessons or bar mitzvah course. Um, there could be a cost if, the, 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 if maybe a cleanup or setup fee. Um, do you want to share some of the costs that, that, you, that you have in your Chabad house? Do you charge for using the hall? And how do you give that over at the first meeting? Yeah. So, uh, of course, we discussed that in the first meeting as well, and I'm going to add to that that we also have a payment form, and we and uh, ideally we tell them that the um, they need to fill out their the payment form, which which uh, asks them how they're going to be paying um, on a monthly basis or one-time shot by credit card or by check, and before we begin the first lessons with with their child. Um, this actually prevents a lot of issues because when you're dealing with um, families that sometimes try and weasel out of payment, they know that you see yourself as a serious organization, or more so that you're taking the payment seriously, and that they need to they need to commit to that. It's not just a verbal agreement. Um, so that's very important. Once once we start working with the kid, it's very hard to uh, backtrack and insist that payment be made. Um, our payment structure is what, what I've also found is that the less um, we break down the payments into individualized items and the more we include everything into one big fee, the less issues we have because people then begin to negotiate on the little items once they, we give them a breakdown of why we're charging them X amount of dollars. So we actually don't even charge them for a building fee. Well, we don't charge them for we don't charge them specifically for tutoring. It's all one, or for the rabbi uh, officiating at the ceremony, but it's all just one fee. And the way we have it structured is, and this, of course, really depends on every single individual place, I'll just make one general comment that it is very worthwhile to make sure that you are charging somewhat appropriately and not underselling what you're doing. If you realize how much a child has to pay, a parent has to pay for a bar mitzvah in other synagogues, and assuming that uh, you know many chabadas are not charging membership for the family, and just a one-time fee, we should not feel in any way 
uncomfortable or insecure about charging, you know, a substantial amount of money, but not, you know, not a crazy amount, but substantial. So our, our, what we do is our official price is $2,350 if a child is coming off the street and uh, just wants us to do a bar mitzvah. If the child's been in Hebrew school for one year, $2,050. And if the child's been in Hebrew school for at least two years, $1,650. That's what we came up with, which we felt comfortable with. Um, Clean clean incentive for kids to be in Hebrew school, which is what we're trying to do. Um, It's it's much harder for us to work with kids off the street who may not be reading Hebrew, etc. So that's uh, added to, to the fee. Uh, this is not really, we don't explain this much to them. Um, and we tell this to them up front, and we have them fill out a form of how much they, you know, of how they're going to be paying for it. That's so interesting to, to hear. Could you could you break down, for example, some of the, like how you were saying that you, you break down that cost? Um, and could you give some examples of, for instance, what, what it would be going towards? Uh, what it's going towards is the amount of, a time that the rabbi is going to be tutoring the boy for his service, uh, depending on if there are also general um, Yiddishkeit lessons involved or a course that's being taught, it includes that. It includes a building fee, which itself, right off the bat, the usage of a, rent, a rental of a room in any, uh, in any type of a building is, you know, a good few hundred dollars, and depending on what your Chabad house looks like, you know, it can be, uh, that can be a higher number. Um, and then a rabbi officiating, just like a rabbi gets paid when he officiates at a um, at a wedding, gets a, he, he he needs to be compensated for officiating at a bar at a bar mitzvah. I don't have an exact breakdown of how we came up with this number. I just remember that we came up, we we sort of broke down roughly how many lessons of tutoring we do and what we what would be a fair fee to charge for tutoring based on what kids would pay a music teacher for that amount of time or some other type of tutor that they get. And then what our building fee is for other things, like if someone wants to use it for a bris or something like that, and uh, officiating fee. And we came up with a number where we saw that the total was very reasonable in relation to what people are paying for bar mitzvahs. So, so you're not breaking down the number for them. You're just saying this is the number, and it includes this and this and this. Right. And I mean, what I'm saying is we specifically don't break down the number because then they'll come to us and say, well, what happens if we only do – um, 20 lessons uh, instead of the 25 that you have estimated. Right. 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 And the answer is right. this isn't a negotiable price. This is the price. In some Chabad houses, the shliach will charge for tutoring for the bar mitzvah, right? And I, my question is, how do you know how many hours it's going to be? It could end up being, it was, with one kid, it could be so many hours of the shliach's time, and for another kid, it's it's, it's much less. So, I don't know, is that question making sense? That's a very good question. And I know that some shluchim that I've spoken to actually want to protect that tutoring be, uh, fee because they'll, they will actually bring in more money through the tutoring fee than through having a flat, uh, flat fee. And if that's the case, that's the case. And I, then I would separate tutoring from the rabbi officiating and the rental of the building. Uh, All right, so you can do everything. This is the cost of the bar mitzvah, and then there's the tutoring, which could be kept separate, but you could still charge a significant amount, that which makes sense, um, right. as the, the cost now, of doing the bar mitzvah. Yeah. yeah. Now, I think also a big difference is that um, in these two scenarios is 
that um, a lot of shluchim are tutoring the, 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 the boys or girls for, for uh, the tutoring them about Yiddishkeit in general. When I say tutoring in regards to the bar mitzvah, I'm talking about preparing the boy or the girl for the service. That means all of the readings that they're doing, whether it's leaning, whether it's the brachas of aliyah, or whether it's whatever, whatever tefillahs they're going to be saying. It's all. It's including all of that. It's not. It's not the uh, you know the half hour or hour lessons where we're teaching the, the the kid about Yiddishkeit, where we would charge separately for tutoring. And likewise, if a if a boy or girl um, can't read Hebrew, typically that is they would have tutoring from someone in the Chabad house to learn how to read Hebrew, which is outside of the bar mitzvah fee. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> on, a, on a separate note, is there a bar mitzvah course or a bat mitzvah course that, that uh, they are required to go through before their bar mitzvah? So we we put together a bar mitzvah course, which um, which is available on the Shluchim Exchange. Um, and that's what we've used. I'm actually not running most of the bar mitzvahs now because we have a fantastic um, shliach dedicated to the youth, uh, Rabbi Mendel Lozell. So he handles most of the bar bas mitzvahs. Um, but uh, there was a, while that, a long while that I was using that course, and that I did over ten weeks, and so that was very, you know, it was a very focused course, and that's why we didn't have um, separate tutoring fee. But if there's more tutoring going on, of course, it would make sense to charge for that. There, there are some other things uh, that I I can just mention that we that we go through um, and discuss in the first meeting. Uh, one important thing is the age. Simply to sit down in the first meeting and, uh, and get the age of the boy, his birthday, and figure out his Hebrew birthday, because it's uh, it, it sometimes it, it very easily overlooked, and then we give them a date, and uh, or the parents pick a date, and we find out that's a problem because it's before his bar mitzvah. Um, another thing that would be very important to do is if it's a Shabbos bar mitzvah. I had this uh, happen to me once, and it wasn't pleasant. And thank God it was a good boy, so we were able to work it out. But the haftarah for that Shabbos was a Shabbos for Shchodesh, and I just saw Pasha Snoyach, whatever it was, and we did the haftarah for that uh, Parsha, but it was the wrong haftarah because it was a Shchodesh that Shabbos. So it's very worthwhile to either look in a, in, 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 um, in a Chabad Luach or whatever type of calendar you might have. I have um, the Trup Trainer, which has... Um, you know, if you, you know, many years ahead, it has. It'll tell you what every Shabbos is, so you don't make that type of a mistake. Um, all of these little things are very good to have in a checkoff list to make to make sure that you're that you're foolproof and you're not going to have any of these things fall through the cracks. Um, it, going through the the service details, depending on what 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 you're doing with a bar mitzvah boy, if it's on a Shabbos, if it's on a Sunday, dip, uh, you know, will determine whether you can have a photographer there or a videographer. Um, and that's very important to be able to tell the parents when they're choosing, whether they're doing it on the Shabbos or on the Sunday or on a Rosh Chodesh or a legal holiday or whatever it is. Um, if, the, if you have the parents bringing candy to throw out the boy after his aliyah, very important to discuss with the parents which candy they should get so you know it's kosher candy and you don't have an issue. This is a small detail which is easily overlooked and becomes a problem. We use ca- um, uh, sunk his gems, which we tell the parents to buy in BJ's, which we have in our area, which are individually packed uh, wrapped candies, which are soft. So 
so and it's kosher. So uh, that's it. so it's, it solves all of the issues with their own candy. Um, if yeah, they, they could also get it on the Amazon. I figured that out. Ah, uh, get on Amazon. Okay. Um, or another thing we did for a short while is we actually supplied it to the family for whatever fee it was. That's something else that can be done. This way you know you're controlling it. So you know they're not coming out with another thing. They say, oh, I couldn't find it, and I got something else. Um, if they're bringing in any food, they need to know where it's allowed to be brought from. So we have a list of uh, supermarkets where they can bring food from. Um, but that needs to be discussed. If you don't have any type of catering available in the area, it's very important for them to understand, and sometimes it's very hard to explain to them what kosher is. So there needs to be some type of a policy, but it has to be clear to the parents. Uh, if it's a service, you know, some services require machitza. Uh, some are not really a service. They're more of a presentation, so they don't. We spell all of this out to the parents that this type of service is going to need to be separate seating with a divider. This side type of service, everyone can sit together, and that actually is very important in, their, in the decisions they're going to be making. Um, another thing, if, if it's a uh, davening and a laning, we have an aliyah form. So that we don't necessarily fill out immediately, but we let the parents know about that immediately, that there are certain people they can honor, and the requirements of the people who can be honored, uh, male over 13, that's Jewish, and um, and then we fill it out so that when it comes to the davening, we're not running around trying to find out who they wanted to, what their name was, etc. But we have all the information beforehand. Um, one one other point uh, I, I would add regarding going back to the payment. Um, the, I once had a parent that came, a single mother, and she said it's too expensive, she can't afford it. So of course we worked with her, and then she came and said that's too much. So I worked with her some more and knocked it down, and. Um, it was sort of getting a little bit out of hand in the way she was dealing with the pricing. And I, and I, I, I happened to have mentioned, I was walking on with the Balabas, he asked me how my week was on Shabbos. So I told him I had this interesting incident, and I just, I'm not sure, you know, at what point to tell this woman, you know, this is the best we can do. And he, he made a very good point to me. He said, um, I want you to know something. If you, if you do something which you're uncomfortable doing with her, and then you do the bar mitzvah, you're going to resent it afterwards. You're going to say, you know, they, take advantage, they took advantage of us and why they do it, etc. He said, and he said, we don't deserve a resentful rabbi. And that, that comment made a very big impact on me in that sometimes in our softness or the kindness of our heart, we bend over backwards and do things that we really are, do resent afterwards, and we blame the family for taking advantage of us when really it was just our choice that led us where we are. And that makes uh, puts us into a certain emotional state, which uh, you know, which affects our interactions with our, uh, you know, all of our other balabatim. So uh, that encouraged me very much to, not, I mean, obviously to always work with parents, but to understand that we're being very reasonable, and and uh, we don't need to be, uh, you know, we don't need to completely compromise ourselves um, in an extreme way um, when we're serving people. Our, when we have dignity for ourselves the people have a lot more dignity for us. Are there any last thoughts that you would like to share on this topic? Um, I can add one other thing. that I, I, I've, I've encountered also there are, two, there, there are two types of parents, there are a few types of parents that uh, encounter. Um, there, are, there are some parents who simply, um, you know, their modus operandi is to disregard rules. 
And that's why it's very important to lay out the rules in front of them right up front. And there are some people who simply don't, don't pay attention to the rules. It's not that they disregard it. It's just that they, they're just unaware. They don't focus on the details. That's, that's a very strong reason why it's very important to um, speak to um, speak to them up front about all of the details so that they can see that you're really on top of your game. And that's when they see that details are very important. Um, and, and, and I also had, I, I once had a family, this is a very troubling situation I had, a family that had, you know, they're, they're well off, and they started to negotiate with me a few months after we had, a, you know, made arrangements with the, uh, you know, uh, for, the, for the bas mitzvah it was. And then they started to negotiate with me, well, maybe it should be a little bit cheaper because of this, that, the other thing. And they were bringing in a kosher caterer for the event, which was costing them at least $10,000 or whatever it was. And, they, you know, they're negotiating with me over a few hundred dollars. And um, it, I, I, was, I was actually offended, but, but more than that, um, I think it's important for us to, to know that we are, we are giving them a serious service, and there is no reason for any negotiation. Obviously, unless I ask them, are, are you going through any financial difficulties? And which they, they, they didn't answer the question, um, which told me that they weren't, and I knew that they weren't. Um, if that's not the issue, there is no reason why we should need to compromise. And that actually puts us in a position where people respect us um, because they see that we take ourselves seriously and they take us seriously. I think it's a very important point because I know when I first began, I was, I was uncomfortable charging. And sometimes I'm still a little bit shy about dealing with money. Um, but we have to know that we, work so, we spend so much time and so much effort um, and emotion trying to raise money, we should not be compromising in these areas because when we do, it hurts us terribly in other places in our shluchas. Thank you, Rabbi Weinstein, for sharing with shluchim about your hatzlacha and approach to doing the first bar mitzvah meeting successfully. We really appreciate your time. You're most welcome, and I appreciate all of these interviews because I gain a lot from previous ones that you've done, and I'm sure I'll gain a lot from future ones. So thank you, Dovi. Thank you. This is Dovi Shapiro, and I would like to encourage you again to please send in your ideas of shluchim, specific shluchim to interview on topics related to managing and growing our Chabad houses. If you know a shliach who's successful in a certain area, please let me know. And uh, I will make the call in Mir Hashem, and it will be the next uh, podcast.